0: Over the past month, fires have burned four churches across Alberta. The most recent fire happened on December 20th, destroying a church northeast of Airdrie. Upon arrival, the structure was fully involved, leading to a total loss uh, to the structure. Take a listen to a report filed by Global News uh, regarding that fire and three others. I had to get up and come down and have a look. Couldn't believe it.
1: Word of the fire at Biceker's Seventh-day Adventist church spread quickly in the rural community. The church had been built by its own members back in 1945.
2: Very, very sad to see a heritage building like this be destroyed.
1: Countless memories were made within the building's four walls, now reduced to rubble.
0: It's a very devastating feeling that this building is gone.
1: This is the 15th suspicious church fire in Alberta this year, and the fourth in just two weeks. Other fires leveled churches in Janvier and Barhead County.
2: These are pioneer churches. This one was built in 1914, so there's a lot of history involved with these churches and the settling of the area. So it's a loss to not only just the people in the community, but I think to as a province as whole that we're losing some of this history.
1: The RCMP says five years ago, they were only seeing three or four fires per year, but the arsons have been steadily increasing. To date, RCMP have arrested suspects in five of this year's 15 suspicious church fires. But fighting the fires and investigating their causes can be difficult.
2: One of the challenges we have in any of these rural fires is water supply because we don't have any other water than what we bring, especially
0: this time of year. It's harder to get any water from a static source.
1: Sarah Ryan, Global News.
0: Now, it's been reported by the CBC that at least 33 Canadian churches have burned to the ground since May of 2021. Uh, 24 of those fires were deliberately set, while some are under investigation. Many have said that there's been a dramatic increase in church fires since we first heard of potential graves at residential schools. Now, it's important to note that the RCMP, RCMP, in the case of Alberta, have said that in some cases the fires uh, have been set by people with mental health issues or known arsonists, and there wasn't a broad conspiracy of people working together to set churches on fire. Fire, but many have said that when it comes to this issue, um, there is a concern uh, that there have been repercussions uh, over uh, the questions many people have asked around uh, our colonial past uh, and the recent discovery of potential burial sites at former residential schools, and if there is any connection in regards to some of these church fires. Well, joining me now is Breen Olette. He's a Vancouver based lawyer of Metis descent and a former election candidate for the federal NDP. Uh, Breen, good to see you again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I really appreciate you coming in. I think it's an important issue that we talk about. When you hear that report and many others online, um, how do you how do you look at this issue? I mean, it's a very complex one, uh, and we don't have all the facts on all these issues, but it is an issue that I think many Christians have raised concerns about, Aboriginal leaders have raised concerns about. How do you see this? Well, as you said,
2: it's a very complicated issue, and um, when, I, when I look at it, I always turn to social media and mm-hmm. check and see what the average person is saying, and there's a lot of confusion, a lot of um, simplification Um, and so when I see it I look at it as an opportunity to broaden the discussion and talk more about, well, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening?
0: Um, As somebody of of Aboriginal heritage, how would how do you address this? Do you think there is I mean, we just don't know but do you think some of this is due to the broader conversation of the church's involvement in residential schools and what has transpired, and the conversation that we've been having broadly as a society.
2: I think it is possible. Um, uh, you know, as the RCMP said, there isn't any evidence of it. Uh, but um, uh, I think one of the key things that has been said is that this is not this is not some conspiracy. It's not some some kind of. For lack of a better word it's not a terrorist act it's these are individuals that are that are doing this and um with the numbers that have been uh um, charged uh, we don't even know exactly who the people are uh, uh not even a majority of who the people are that are doing them. Mm-hmm. It could be people with uh with the you know residential schools' history in mind but it could also be for completely different reasons um you know the the and this is not taking aim at at uh, Christianity as a religion as a whole, but we know that uh that uh many different people from many different walks of life have been harmed by uh various christian churches uh, in
0: in the past but do you think Christians have a right to be concerned and to raise this issue and say these this is our faith This is this is the house of God for us uh, this is an attack on our faith i
2: think they, I think they have i think they do have a right to uh, To be concerned. Uh, And, uh, you know, keep in mind, too, that uh, a number of these churches have burned uh, on uh, reserve. So, uh, you know, there are people in, you know, indigenous people in these communities who are concerned, their leadership who are concerned. Um, You know, when uh, when a person goes out on their own and burns down a building, no matter what the reason is, no matter what kind of uh, evil may have you know, befell them in the past in relation to that building um, in indigenous decision making in, in my experience, in my walk of life um, we make consensus based decisions, we don't act alone, we talk as a community we determine what the best course of action is if the community determines that they want to demolish that building, they'll do it safely and effectively without any risk to uh, loss of life mm-hmm. uh, if on the other hand they decide that there's a better use for that building if it's no longer being used as a church then they will as as some first nations have they will repurpose it they'll use it for something uh, important
0: uh, that will help to build their community are, are most churches um, on first nations that you know of how are they viewed, like when if you're a resident of these communities and you see this church, you know the history, you know the broader conversation that's going on, how are they viewed? I mean, you've already said leadership isn't happy that this is happening, First Nations leadership, buildings are at times repurposed, and if you are going to demolish it, you do it safely. But in regards to the psychological aspects of it and just seeing this building in your community, how do you think First Nations view uh, a structure like that in their community?
2: Well, I don't have a wide Selection of people that I've talked to, but when I was a lawyer with the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Mm -hmm. uh, the the subject did come up uh, during testimony at times. Some people would like to see the buildings demolished uh, because of what happened to them. Um, And others... uh, would like to see the buildings repurposed or in communities where the buildings had re- been repurposed, people were happy that the community had an opportunity to repurpose them. But that didn't change the fact that even in those communities where such buildings had been repurposed, there were people who would not go near that building ever again because of the harm that they suffered there.
0: What do you say to uh, to uh, people who are listening to us of the Christian faith and say, look, if this was a Gurdwara, if this was a, a mosque, uh, a mandir, a synagogue, uh, we would have, be having a much different conversation because it's a church. Perhaps we are not not taking it as seriously, but certainly the level of discourse isn't. isn't uh, wouldn't be as, as as a pitch. It would be much more of a, a bigger conversation. Well, and the,
2: that that is a huge conversation in, in its own right. I think in this instance, when we're talking about. Christian, Catholic, and uh, and Protestant churches in relation to residential schools and the history of Indigenous people. We're talking about churches that were placed in Indigenous territory forcefully by federal policy, Mm -hmm. uh, and they were used in many instances, not all instances, but in many instances to commit heinous acts of of the crimes of apartheid and genocide, as they're known in international law. Mm -hmm. And that is, part of the difference that we're we're dealing with here when you have people who are so incredibly wronged in the past um they they you carry that intergenerationally you know my family carries that intergenerationally and I didn't grow up on reserve I'm Métis. I grew up in the plains in in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. but um it's it's no different the harms that uh, that my family has suffered in the past have carried forward through the generations
0: where do we go from here I and mean, the conversation i mean this is one new story and this is i think it's going to continue obviously but the broader conversation of reconciliation is part of that conversation as well where do we go from here how do you see 2024 2025 and moving forward on this like where are we on all this there was a tremendous amount of of uh, media attention and conversation. We've now sort of gone into other things to a certain degree. Where are we on in, in regards to reconciliation, in your mind? That's, that's the
2: best question. Um, there was a, a U of T professor, Paulina uh, Johnson, who was uh, interviewed uh, around this story recently, and and she said that uh, Canadians weren't facing the truth, and that was part of the problem. And, you know, it's not just reconciliation. It's truth and reconciliation, and there are Canadians out there that are denialists. They deny that anything was ever done wrong. And they deny on tiny little bases like, oh, there, are, there have been no bodies found at any of these residential schools, so it never happened. Well, we know that in 1914, the Canadian government put down in writing that they were aware that 50% of the children attending residential schools were dying. 50%. We know what happened. We know that thousands of Indigenous women and girls are going missing across the country. We know that hundreds of thousands of Indigenous children have been taken forcefully from their families and placed in foster care. These are all state criminal acts under international law that Canada hasn't faced judgment for and may very well never face judgment for, but they still are terribly harmful. And Canadians don't have to take ownership for the crimes done by their state and by people of the past, but they shouldn't deny them. If, if people continue to deny that these things happened, there is no path forward.
0: Breen, as always, good to see you and look forward to the conversation further into 2024. Thanks so much. Thank you.